Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blog Talk Radio. call-in number is 929-477-2991. Again, that's 929-477-2991. Kyle, my dude, how are you? It's a beautiful thing. You know, you, <laughs> you really have a voice for radio, my friend. That was a sweet, sweet introduction. I'm ready to talk some football. Try I had to, to do football. it. I had yeah. to do it, Kyle. If, if anybody knew what the last two hours of our life was like, trying to get this, uh, this synced up with uh, the, the technical difficulties that we had. But a uh, big shout-out to our buddy Chris Schubert with FanRag Sports, getting us all synced up. We're here for you. Give us a call, 929-477-2991. We want to answer your NFL draft questions. And, uh, and we got plenty to talk about otherwise, Kyle. Oh, yeah. Uh, first of all, I'm real pissed off still. I'm not a happy camper right now with these technical difficulties. But here we are. We're live on the air. Okay. So let's all cut right. right to the chase. You know, while we wait for our loyal listeners to give us the ring-a-ding-ding, uh, Joe, what we've done this past week at Draft Dudes is we've taken the opportunity to compare and contrast and talk about some of the high-profile names at a number of positions. 
that have blue chip talents. What we wanted to do today was talk about the wide receiver position. And I think it's an interesting group because uh, there's a lot of polarizing names, a lot of guys that aren't universal prospects. But Joe, you said, I'd rather talk about guys that are really different or the top tier names. And we settled on the names DJ Moore from Maryland and Auden Tate from Florida state as our guys that we wanted to discuss today. So uh, Joe, I'm going to give you the floor. What, what is it about the dynamic of these two that made this an interesting conversation piece for you? Well, how about we start an NFL offense and, and plug these guys in as our top two receivers and let's yes, go, please. right? <laughs> this would be a nice pair of complimenting, uh, complimentary skill sets. And uh, I guess let's just get started with Auden Tate only because his name begins with A and it's first. But uh, man, I like this football player. He's a guy that immediately think about his size and, and what he offers in terms of, you know, just being a big catch radius guy. Uh, but he's had a, a funky quarterback first year at Florida state was Deandre Francois in his first year as a starting quarterback. And then we know last year with, with his injuries and uh, not having any consistency, but he was still able to produce pretty well. But the, the key thing is watching this guy on film and, and seeing those traits that he has, you know, he is a, a really nice blend of size route running ability and ball skills that makes him very, very exciting to me. Um, and that's the thing is he's not just a post up guy. He's just not a six, four, six, five guy that you just throw the ball up. He climbs the ladder and goes and gets it. He's a guy that knows how to win early in routes and he knows how to uncover quickly with really nuanced route stems and using his hands uh, to keep separation and, and, positioning his frame to win in the short and intermediate areas. And then he's got those, those ball skills, man, that he can go up and get it against anybody. So I love the the blend of traits here. And uh, he's just a, a really interesting dynamic receiver that, you know, he does a whole lot more than just, you know, win and post up situations. Yeah. Uh, I think you watch Auden Tate and the sum of all of the parts is greater than the whole at this point. And a lot of that is due to, as you mentioned, the variables that are around him, uh, just some of the, the inconsistencies with the offense and inability to produce. Uh, this guy that played 30 games had 65 receptions, 957 receiving yards, and 16 touchdowns. So uh, people are going to hear those numbers, and they're going to throw their hands up and say, oh, no, you know, this isn't top 50, top 60 guy. But when you watch him, I know some of our contemporaries have some concerns with his, his route running and, and ability to create consistent separation. I think he's going to run decently well. I think he's going to run the mid four fives would be my guess for a 40 time, since I know that's what everybody cares about with the skill guys is how fast he runs 40. Um, I, I think he, he has a great blend of hands, contested catchability, and just general ball skills as it relates to the vertical portion of the game. So I feel comfortable with him in man-to-man coverage beating guys down the field, and I feel really good about him in the red zone, which is where he did a ton of his damage. Obviously, uh, 16 receiving touchdowns on 65 receptions is uh, a bit of an indicator that he, he's able to do something. But, Joe, before we go any further, we would like to welcome the first caller of the day to the live draft dudes. Nick, welcome to the show. How you doing, my friend? Good, good. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Glad to be on. Welcome. Thanks for having me. A uh, quick question on the Browns with uh, Quentin Nelson. Uh, if Joe Thomas were to retire at four, uh, do you think it would make sense to move Batonio back out to left tackle where he played in college? 
Uh, he seems to have the measurables for it, and, and Nelson seems like pretty much a can't-miss prospect. Or would you guys rather look at round two since it's a deeper class for a left tackle? That's um, – I like that question. And, and I, when I evaluated Batonio back in 2014, uh, he was a tackle for me. Uh, I know there was some debate about whether he was going to be inside-outside. Uh, I think the Browns could do a lot worse than if they get in a pinch – and, you know, if you want to invest in Quentin Nelson, I am here for it. I don't care what team you are. Um, and Betonio on the outside, I think he has the athletic ability to do it. Uh, my concern there for me personally would be um, his lack of traction so far on the inside, and now you're going to ask him to rechange spots. Joe, any thoughts there? Yeah, I love the question, and it's interesting because we talk about Quentin Nelson being arguably the best football player in this class, but I've not really considered him being an option for for Cleveland. Uh, I guess we're referring to the number four pick. Um, I, I don't like moving guys around. You know, like I, I think that uh, Joel Batonio is really made a name for himself as being a really high quality guard, and that's where he wins, and that's where he's proven to be able to win. So I don't have any adverse opinion to Quentin Nelson being a Cleveland Brown, but I don't know if my plan is going to be to bump Petonio out. Um, you know, I, I think that the Browns have enough uh, should, should be in the business of just collecting good football players. And they'd be doing that very much with Quentin Nelson. Just not sure that my, my uh, shift is going to be kicking Petonio back outside when he's proven to be such a good left guard. Well, here's the thing for the Browns though. I think the Browns by and large, they're one of the few teams that you know, I would not dislike the pick of Quentin Nelson, but they need guys on the boundary. They need guys on the boundary on defense, and they need guys on the boundary and in the backfield on offense. So I, I feel like the Browns' core group of players along the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball is their strength right now as a roster. And um, it, with the opportunity with, say, a Minka Fitzpatrick or Saquon Barkley and – Baker Mayfield or whatever quarterback and flavor of the week they'd like to go with um, probably wouldn't be my personal plan of attack, Joe. Yeah, I hear you on that. Um, Kyle, as we hopefully get a few more callers here, let's, uh, let's shift this back to, to this Auden Tate discussion. Um, you, you started talking about uh, some of his route running and, and some issues that people have maybe with that and him being a true separator. And it feels like a lot of the stuff that was said about Mike Williams last year. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because when I watch Auden Tate, there are moments where I really see him be able to sink his hips and turn a tight angle and really carry speed through breaks. Not like a Calvin Ridley. Like I'm not saying that type of route runner, but for his size, I see enough there in, in terms of his flexibility and his change of direction and his ability to get speed off of his cuts that I'm not as concerned with him being a separator. And I'd like to know what you think about that. Yeah, I agree. As far as some of the short area and tight space mobility stuff, he, he's looser than Mike. Uh, both of these guys have made similar catches when they're facing back to the line of scrimmage and addressing the football. And that shows off a certain level of flexibility and body control. But as far as the route stem and some of the you know, head movements transitioning into a bang back inside on slant routes and things like that, I see much more of that from Auden Tate than what I did from Mike Williams. So I'm in agreement with you. I think where he needs to get better because he doesn't have that straight line juice is he needs to get really effective at the top of his routes, bumping defenders. 
you know, if they're going to give you the cushion and try and collision you at the top of the stem, he's a big, strong dude. And getting consistent with taking advantage of that, almost like what you see tight ends do so frequently, if they're going to play you off, if they're going to play you at the line of scrimmage, I like Gordon's ability to run through that kind of press coverage. But if Kyle, you're let's... playing off coverage against him, that's where I think there's an opportunity for him to get better. Kyle, do you have a comp with Auden Tate that you like? Allen Robinson. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that because I think that that really brings into play some of the athleticism that I'm talking about, and yep. you get that with Allen Robinson. So I, I do like that. Not to steal your explanation, but do you do you have a comp that's not Allen Robinson? I do. I do, and I like mine as well. And um, Marcus Colston, uh, Saints wide receiver, oh, think yeah, similar yeah, body. You know what? Yeah, you teed the, teased this to me in the DMs on Twitter, <laughs> like I think last week, and I, I, yeah. I agree with that too. You know, it's, yeah. I think we, we're both seeing a player that should come in and have a productive career in the NFL and should be a, a, a guy that you can get a lot of volume through as a receiver. I think that's, that's the big takeaway from the comps. Kyle, another hot receiver, DJ Moore, wide receiver, uh, Maryland, the only receiver in the Big Ten last year to have a 1,000-yard season despite literally playing with his third-string quarterback for the entire season. He's got some buzz right now. I mocked him to the Carolina Panthers in the first round in my 17-round pre-combine mock draft on NDTscouting.com. And so, uh, you know, there's been some other guys in, in the media that have really started to, to beat, the, beat the drum here for Mr. DJ Moore, Kyle. And I know that this is a guy that you profiled over the summer and, and said, hey, this is a player. So set the table here for us with uh, DJ Moore. Well, first of all, not to steal your thunder, but I'm totally going to steal your thunder. For my mock draft for FanRag Sports, I put DJ 16 to Baltimore. Oh. Yeah. Now, Calvin Ridley was gone. I would, really? I would okay. much rather have Calvin Ridley there for Baltimore than D.J. Moore. But uh, D.J. Moore, Maryland, local kid. Baltimore is going to know him as well as anybody. They have a dire need for explosive playmakers on the outside. I think, and here's why I'll tell you why, even though that is probably a bit rich, if the Baltimore Ravens are going to draft for team need and Calvin Ridley's not there, D.J. Moore should at least be in the conversation. D.J. Moore is very fluid in short areas. He is very sudden. He has good route running skills. You know, the things that we talked about with on Tate, where we had to put the asterisk on for his size, you can take that asterisk off. And it's just DJ Moore is extremely good at carrying his speed through his route stems. And he's active playmaker in the short areas of the field. And, you know, they, they use him in the screen game. He can separate vertically and, and runs corner routes and post routes and nine routes and, I think he's one of the most electric players that I've watched this year with the football in his hands in the open field. He has a knack for big plays. Uh, the production was there, something that we had concerns with with Auden Tate. DJ Moore did not have that issue, Joe. As you mentioned, this was the only Big Ten receiver with 1,000 yards, which is crazy to think about. But uh, DJ Moore, in doing so, did so with his third and fourth string quarterbacks for every game this year except for Texas, which he had a starter for like a quarter. So – Moore checks a lot of the concerns boxes that people have for Auden Tate, despite being a very different receiver, a guy that is a little bit more versatile in that you can scheme him some touches that Auden Tate's more of the back shoulder throw, 50-50 ball. DJ Moore is your screen game, your quick game. You can get him vertical. I think he can be a really nice Z receiver in the NFL, a guy that you can play on the backside of the formation and really – pressure 
deep coverages and force the safeties uh, to respect his speed. You know, I, a couple of things that I wanted to add to everything you said, not to be repetitive, but I think it's easy to consider DJ Moore to be a small receiver. And I don't think that's the case. It's kind of like, not quite the same level, but it's almost like people that used to say that Darren Sproles is a small running back. Well, no, not really. He's a thick guy. I mean, DJ Moore's listed at 5'11", 215. Let's say that he's probably more like between 5'10 and 5'11", but he's going to be over 200 pounds. And he's got some some thickness to a frame that just isn't overly tall. So um, and then that's what you have to keep in mind is that, no, he's not a catch radius guy. But when you watch this guy catch the football and the way that he addresses it, it's very natural. And you see him making catches in traffic and in situations where there's there's people around him. And he's able to really extend and get his arms away from his frame and secure the football in, in every direction. So that's one thing I like to pay attention is, you know, how do guys – adjust to those balls that are just a little bit erratic and, and it's not pinpoint accuracy and they have to really kind of dig it out by going low or reaching over their head or, you know, being carrying their moment, their momentum one way and having to reach back across and catch the football in another direction. And I saw a lot of examples from DJ Moore doing that. And given the quarterback play that he had, you know, he really did have to get used to, you know, the ball not always being there. And so, you know, that's something else in addition to the things that you praise him for is that I think he's got really natural hands and the ability to adjust to it late to, to come down with the football. And that's going to serve him well at the next level, being able to really adjust. So, um, you know, just wanted to comment there that, you know, he's not necessarily small. He's just not very tall and his ability to catch the football is really good. Yeah, so I'm going to read verbatim from the 20, 2018 prospectus, the hands section of DJ Moore's scouting report. This is obviously a player I've already written up. Bails out quarterback with good hands catches away from the body and has a clean catch radius to extend for the football. Will play ball aggressive when working back to the line of scrimmage. Soft hands when first seeing in the ball has only let a few throws eat him up with a late reaction. That sounds like exactly what you just got done talking <laughs> about, Mr. Rosario. And I've never read that, so for disclosure here, I've, I've not read Kyle's scouting report on DJ Moore, but it's always good to to uh, see when we are seeing the same thing. Yeah, so that I mean that's one of the fun parts about the way that we structure these and break it down. And one of the, the favorite things that I do when we finally have a chance to see each other's finalized reports at uh, the beginning of April is to go through and look at some of these key traits and uh, it kind of – take some accounting into, okay, what parts of each player did we like? Which parts of each player did we not? Um, so, Joe, I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite individual trait for DJ Moore? Uh, if I had to pick one, which I did because I wrote that in my scouting report, I put route running. I did. Um, I just really have an appreciation for his ability to get into his release just very fluidly and he can do so many different things and you can tell that he's able to really kind of toy with the, with their cornerbacks with, you know, they have to respect him vertically, but he can snap that thing off so quickly and, and work back across their face or work back to the football or, you know, so I, I, I had a big time appreciation for his routes and how he knows what he's capable of in terms of manipulating defensive backs and, and being crisp with, with his breaks. So for me, it was, it was route running. Yeah. Route running was, uh, an area that I praised him for uh, and specifically about his ability to get back across the face of defensive backs. Uh, my favorite trait and the thing that I think he separates himself the most with was change of direction skills. Uh, I said, this is a highly twitchy 
athlete with a great deal of short area quickness is sudden on hard breaking patterns with confident feet to pivot and drive off of a cut. Likeable open field ability has top tier bursts and explosiveness as a runner with a football. So I think that uncovers a piece of Moore's game that's really underrated, I feel like. We talk about running backs and cuts and hard cuts and jump cuts and lateral cuts. Wide receiver cuts and breaks are an area of the game that I often feel get glossed over. But DJ Moore is really effective with exploding off that top step on his routes and creating that separation by springing out of that space when it's a hard break. And that's something that I think is easy to take for granted because we're simply looking at, is he getting thrown the ball? Is he open? If he's open, we don't ask questions. But especially when you're looking at a projection and a leap from the college level to the pro level, all that little stuff matters. And that's why you see so many receivers come in with big time production when they get to the NFL level and all of a sudden, you know, they're shell shocked and it takes them two, three years to adjust because they're lazy at the line of scrimmage and they're not able to get off press coverage in the NFL or they're sloppy at the top of their route stem. So they take for granted getting out into a clean release. I think an example of that would be a different position, but uh, uh, Thomas, the Ian Thomas, the tight end from Indiana, you know, he, he had some nice production games this year. He just torched Ohio state. And then you really sit down and you watch him on film and you watch him at the senior bowl. And he's very sloppy with his routes. And he, he's got linebackers that are banging into him and he's not able to get off of it and, and can't uncover. And uh, it, it's just an interesting piece, Joe, of the projection for receivers to the next level that, I think more wins at that a lot of guys don't. You know, it's interesting that the name that came to my mind when you started talking about that was Marcel Aitman. And, and I like Marcel Aitman to an extent, but he's another guy that I don't think he takes advantage of all that he's been given to win at the top of routes. It really establish that physical presence that he has. And, and, you know, he's, his ability to really cross the face is, is not as good as I thought it would be. And so, not to sit here and dog on guys, but he was the guy that came to mind when you kind of went on to, on that uh, on that little rant there. Joe, do you have a comparison for Mr. DJ Moore? Yeah, I do, but I don't love it. Um, but we're not we're not here to to hide. So there's a part of me that wants to say Steve Smith. There is, but man, that dude is so unique that I'm going to have a hard time comping anybody to him. So the one that I settled on is Carlos Henderson, and I thought the re- – yeah, look, it's not great, and I, and I said that. So um, I, I, I like the yards after the skills, and I, and I like some of his, his ability to get speed off of his breaks, but I will, I will con, uh, concede that I don't love my comp. Okay, so before I give my comp, just a friendly reminder, if you're listening and have a question for us here on the Draft Dudes Live here on Friday – February 9th, call 929-477-2991. We'll take your question. We were on the air until 5 o'clock. we got about nine minutes, so the clock is ticking. If you got questions and takes, we'll take them here. Uh, Joe, by the way, 47, my football number. I don't think it's coincidence that 47 is in the, the call-in number. But my comp for DJ Moore, Percy Harvin. I think if you – I think Percy Harvin, first of all, the, the general conversation around him changes 
drastically if he doesn't have the health issues that he did because he was one of the most electric skill players with the football in his hands for a, a short amount of time throughout the course of his career in the NFL. And what I like most about the Harvin-DJ Moore comp is that's the role I want to see DJ Moore in. I want to see DJ Moore getting reps out of the slot. I want to see him getting reps in the Z. I think he's he should never leave the field. But he's also a guy you can scheme some of those touches to. You can scheme him the jet motion. You can throw him the quick bubble. You can have him run the tunnel screen. Like, those were the kinds of things with Percy Harvin. It's like, try and simulate the punt return atmosphere and environment on offense and let him go to work. We've seen DJ Moore just pick and bob and weave his way through traffic at the college level. That's just really, really fun. So that's kind of the Harvin comp is somewhat stylistic, but then it's also somewhat role in the NFL. I can get behind that, Kyle, even though my, my final impressions of Percy Harvin weren't great, but that dude started off and what he did at Florida, man, he was a, an electric football player and, and it's disappointing that he had so many, so many things that really hindered him from, from reaching his longevity. But, um, you know, now I have to think, I got to think outside the box here uh, so that I can, I can have one that's not Percy Harvin, but is, is good. Well, so let's, let's kind of get back to the compare and contrast between the two here in the last few minutes of the show. Um, between Tate and Moore, who do you think is more coveted? Who do you think makes a better impact early on in their career? Because it, that's a hard question for me. I can really see Auden Tate stepping in and having an impact right away because of his size and because he's more polished than what I think he's given credit for because of his production numbers. I agree with you. Yeah. I think you think about receivers a lot of times and you think, okay, well, this can be an immediate red zone guy and and he can be. And and again, I've already kind of stated that I think he's a whole lot more than just that. So I think he can really develop into that pretty quick. So like, I don't have any concerns that there's a fairly immediate return from Auden Tate, you know, if, if, if somebody wanted to draft him and, you know, I could also see the same thing with DJ Moore because you think about a guy that has yards after the catch ability and you can, you can create those touches for him and let him help your offense. So in different ways, I can see both of these guys being able to help a team fairly early, which is interesting because, when you look at last year's crop of receivers, there wasn't a lot of returns from them. And, and so, um, you know, these guys and, and that they have, they have prominent components of their games that translate early and an expand a, a skill set that can be expanded, I think gives them short-term and long-term playmaking potential. Yeah. Last year's rookie receiving group was like Cooper cup, Juju Smith, and what that's it. Like as, as yeah. far as guys that, that <laughs> were, were really consistent contributors on their team uh joe who did you give a higher film score to dj moore or on tate oh can you give me one second because they're i have to uh, oh your your producer's got to pull that up for you producer has to pull that i can tell you i gave dj moore uh, a lower grade but not by much like how i deeped everybody out there Um, i think it's yeah so, so both of these guys have low first round traits where they'll finish i think that that's 
meant to, you know, we'll get some of those answers at the combine. Uh, I would say DJ Moore has a big advantage over Auden Tate as it relates to both his experience and his production. So trying to project forward, I would say DJ Moore has an overall edge, but as far as on the field traits, I actually gave Auden Tate a more favorable score. Uh, I have Auden Tate's score as less as exactly 0.5 higher and I'm on a hundred point scale. So, um, it, it, Nearly it's exactly, yeah, it's an exactly a, a fifth, like, like it's just within less than a, less than one point, a fifth, a half of a point. Very that's close. What makes it, that's what makes it fun, right? Like two totally different players, but you can take them through the inventory and what you want and the valuations can come out that close. And I didn't even know that until like I I obviously didn't. So it's interesting that I don't normally stack up the scores until the very end when we sort the board. So I haven't I haven't looked at that yet. So it's very interesting that they finished the, you know so closely in terms of film score. Obviously with our with our scoring systems, it does factor in other components, but from film specifically, very very close. Well, listen, I'm gonna have to have our boss at FanRag assign you a big board so that you can feel my pain. Because Don't I wasn't do ready, for, I wasn't ready no. to rank these guys. <laughs> nope. nope, I'm going to keep but hiding he, on that. Hey, man, the assignment comes through. I've got to answer the call of duty. Yep, uh, for sure. That, that is going to do it for us today here on this live episode of Draft Dudes. We'd like to thank Nick for calling in. Tip of the cap to you, sir. Uh, we hope we answered your question uh, adequately and, and gave you some sense of where we stand on the Browns and, and what they should do and kind of handle, how to handle that log jam in the middle of their offensive line. Uh, we hope to make this a consistent piece of what we do from here on out. So if you guys enjoy this concept, if you're listening to this after the fact, but you couldn't catch us live, let us know when a good time for us to catch you would be. We were somewhat flexible as we continue to grind through this 2018 draft class and work on Joe's prospect portfolio, my NFL draft prospectus. Uh, we're, we're certainly hoping that this engagement piece is something that you all will enjoy and take advantage of and, uh, we want to do our absolute best to give that to as many of you as possible. So give us that feedback. You can reach Joe, who is on Twitter, at the Joe Marino. You can reach me. I am at NDT Scouting. This is the Draft Dudes Podcast. We will be in touch with you all on Monday. Hope you all enjoy your weekend, and we will talk to you again soon. the high fashion hotline hi my family's going to a concert in the park and we want our style to be the main attraction rock over to old navy old navy yep right now get up to 50 percent off jeans from 15 bucks for adults 10 bucks for kids at old navy and old navy.com up to 50 percent off jeans for the family that's music to my ears plus now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online pick up in store it's fun fast and free styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when i buy online old navy here we come high fashion old navy about 720 to 729 select styles only hey you with a rhinestone dog collar. Between us dogs, I just convinced my human to upgrade to a new home with a 1,200-square-foot bathroom. I think she called it a yard. With Wells Fargo's 3% down mortgage option, my human realized a new home was within reach, and I only gave her puppy eyes once. Get your human to talk to a mortgage consultant or learn more at wellsfargo.com slash woof. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage. Down payments as low as 3% on a fixed-rate loan require mortgage insurance. Ask a home mortgage consultant about loan requirements. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage is a division of Wells Fargo Bank N.A. Equal housing lender. NMLS R.I.D. 399801. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.